You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This week's episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by our end of season meetup. Now I know that's a weird idea. End of season, we're all sad, we're all exhausted. But we're gonna just celebrate the future. On April 13th, I know a lot of our listeners are not from Manhattan, but if you are, you could join us on April 13th at the Gin Mill in Manhattan. If you want tickets, you can go to our Twitter. It's at Blue Shirts Break. It's the pinned tweet. It's an event, right? It's $10. Come do a Q&A. We're going to do a Q&A with the Knicks wall. Might have some surprise guests. Might have some people from a website that used to support us coming. We'll see. Who really knows? And also, this podcast is brought to you by, as always, as always, our Patreon subscribers couldn't do without you. New stickers coming your way this week. Resting pooch face. Let's get that bread on July 1st. And I'm Martin Van Buren. So if you want to subscribe and become a Patreon subscriber, you can go to patreon.com slash booster today. We would appreciate it so much. Couldn't do without you. Let's get to the show. Uh, just a Greg and Ryan show today. No guests for the first time in forever. Who knew? A lot of Ranger talk. Like 45 minutes worth and then a little bit of baseball at the end because we're, we're fucking nerds. All right. Here we go. Bye. Or hello. Whichever. Here we go. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans. Welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I am here with my co-host, as always, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. I was trying to think if I had a what's more over, well, the only thing more overrated than Bryce Harper. Good week. news. I got your back. It is April Fool's. April Fool's sucks. There's nothing fun about it. April Fool's yeah, like, yeah, you're right. This is an easy one to do. It's so easy. And there's, there's nothing good about April Fool's. You just, like... It used to be cool. Like, I, I, if I got if I got got by an April Fool's, like I only got got once today. That was it. Someone on Reddit posted on the piracy subreddit that they they leaked Avengers Endgame, and for 0.3 seconds, I was like, "Holy shit!" And I got really excited. Uh, but outside of that, it's just like branding and marketing and people just playing shitty jokes and trying to outdo each other, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's almost as tough as yeah, we've had. We've had Brandon Cohen on the last two weeks. It's as tough as creating fake Twitter accounts that kind of sort of look like Twitter accounts of hockey insiders that get you to fall for stuff on trade deadline day and July 1st. The best thing that happened sports-wise on April Fool's today was Tom Brady created a Twitter and said he was retiring. I thought that was pretty amazing. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's, 
That's a good one. It was his first tweet ever, by the way. Speaking of Endgame, yes. both for Tom Brady and the movie, are you going opening night? Of course I am, yes. So yeah, I, think, it is, I think we're doing it for MMM, too. On, I think we're all on, another, on another note for that, and welcome to a Rangers podcast where we talk all things exclusively Rangers on the Bush Breakaway. Thank you for joining us. Um, it is unbelievable that it is April 1st, and I'm sure this will go on sale tomorrow as soon as I, we've fucking done recording, but there is no tickets on sale. I feel like the Star Wars like Force Awakens tickets were on sale like two months before the movie came out. We're not that far but from Endgame, and there's tickets not. We're, we're not that yet. far, but it's it's not exactly like they're really worried about selling tickets. No, I mean, but I'm I'm worried about getting them. Movie. I got to figure it out. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's 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 fair. <laughs> I want to be on there's that. Part of me that I really like to wait until the week after. I like to get through opening weekend, allow the diehards to see it immediately, and then go a Monday or Tuesday or a Wednesday afterwards. But I don't think it's going to be any less crowded. So this, I don't know if there's any This point. just isn't that kind of movie. Like, there's a couple things. We're so lucky in 2019. I say like this like we're blessed or something. But the media we have coming out this year are, are all like the endings of things. Like Star Wars Episode Nine, Endgame Avengers, the last season of Game of Thrones. And they're all like, you have to watch this the opening week or you're a loser. That's it. So we're, we have so much of that happening this, this year. And it's probably like some of the last appointment viewing will have for a while that's all coming at the same time maybe i don't know i also don't freak out if i accidentally see spoilers it's not that hard to avoid spoilers you just just don't look it's that simple so i've never nothing's really ever Uh, been spoiled for me that i really disliked i got i accidentally if you haven't seen force awakens i'm so or any one of those sorry i'm gonna spoil something for a second um but when han solo bites it in the in episode seven or whatever, I accidentally spoiled it two days before for a bunch of people. No, I just I was just guessing. I just you know, I was like on a server online. I was saying Han Solo dies just as an asshole. I didn't know, but he did. My bad. Mm, so you're that guy. I was that guy. Yeah, I felt really bad about it after I watched the movie. I was like, oh, he dies. Oh. Way to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk Rangers for a little bit. We have no guests today for the first time in. I can't even remember. We've it's been, been a while. We've been loaded, as Stained would say. It has been a while. Uh, it's been a while. There are a couple reasons why we don't have a guest. One, the, the three people I reached out to couldn't couldn't record tonight. Totally understandable, fine. yes. Uh, and two, I don't know if you've been having this. and I, it's, I think it's, I've been noticing it more and more. I feel like we're all just exhausted. We're oh, tired. This is... Of course this is true. <laughs> like But more so more so than last year, right? Because we still had some we, I mean we had a lot of stuff hanging over the Rangers at the end of last season. Elaine Vino's future, how the Rangers would handle the rebuild, everything leading up to the summer. And to an extent we still have that this year, right? Because we have Artemi Panarin watch, we have reviewing David Quinn's first year in charge. We're going to get into Adam Fox today. Like there are still a lot of things up in the air. It's just for whatever reason, more so than I did this time last year, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself about how nice it would be if we could just simulate the rest of the season. I don't care about the results. Just get me to the point in the menu where it says sim to end of season. So this is where we disagree and not on the exhausted part at all. Uh, I was watching the Ranger game at the gym, showing off there, going to the gym. Nice job, Ryan. And I was like, why the fuck are we winning? Like, what are we doing? Georgiev was playing well. You know, he had a shutout. Of course, that was nice. But 
I thought the team in general was like playing against a flyer team that didn't want to be playing either. And yet I look at the standings and I know we've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast. We've fallen to seventh in the standings right now in the tankathon list for we're probably going to end up picking eighth or ninth. And in a season when you're tanking, you're trying to throw away and set up for the future to win these last games to fall to maybe pick ninth or tenth is like truly fucking brutal. Like, imagine, like, I told you at the beginning of the season, like, hey, we're going to tank all season, we're going to trade our assets, and then we're going to pick 10th. We're going to pick 10th. Yeah, I, I feel like we had this exact discussion before the season started, and we agreed that the Rangers were just going to pick 9th. We did. I believe we did. This isn't, this isn't news. We're not breaking anything. No, but now that it's here, I'm actually angry. It was kind of – never mind. I'm not going to use that example. But uh, I, now that we're actually getting there and I'm watching this team win, we're recording uh, full disclosure for everyone out there, 6.34 on a Monday night before the Rangers played the Devils tonight. And they're probably going to win this game too. Greg's any predictions? Yeah. Oh, no. The Devils are shit. They were probably winning 2 nothing. Yeah. We're probably going to win like – 3-1. I was wrong last week, so I'm trying to guess this one. But uh, I just can't imagine that we don't win. And that means we're going to go to 77 points. We'll be tied with Edmonton if Edmonton loses their next game. Like, And then before we know it, we could be in the ninth spot. We really could. We could win some of these last games. We beat the Blues, who were red we, hot. We, and George Hill was nuts. We, he was crazy. We talked about this a little bit last week, too, and I'll just reiterate it. I, If the Rangers aren't picking in the top two... I don't think it truly matters where between three and ten they pick. I just this I is really, the the first time I think I've watched all year where I was like, can we just fucking lose? Can we lose? And I know it's you're you're in a lose lose situation right here. Like if the Rangers lose, like okay, that's fine. But if you wait, if you I'm rooting for a loss, and as a fan that feels weird. And I I want it very badly. And when we beat the Blues and we beat the Flyers, I'm like, what what is happening? And now Greg, we're gonna play in the last week of hockey until October, and that is really weird to say for the Rangers because I'm looking at the calendar right now just to confirm it is April 1st. That means you and I are not going to have a regular season Ranger hockey to talk about until October. That is insane. And we're, we have four games left. We're playing the Devils. On Wednesday, we play the Senators at home, which might be Hank's last game. We play the Blue Jackets and then the Penguins. We could win maybe three of those games. And that is an absolute issue because... Really, and I know you're thinking, you're saying to yourself, or at least you said a second ago, if you're not picking in the top two, it doesn't matter. And I semi-agree with that. But to have that extra 8 to 9 percentage, math-wise, statistically, is a huge deal. Like, to fall from 28%, which Buffalo, which somehow is now sitting there at 28.8, after going, they lost 7 in a row... And they, this team, that they won 10 games in a row this season. That, that was going to be a playoff team. They made a bunch of great moves. They now have a 28.8% chance to get the top three overall pick where the Rangers sit at 20 and could fall to as low as 16, Greg. That is, like, I know this is so math and, and nerdy and bullshit, but those percentage points matter a lot. Well, there was no chance the Rangers were ever really going to pick or have the fifth best odds at a top three pick ever. Uh, I... I don't know, man. It seems like a really silly thing to be mad about. It'd be one thing if the Rangers were doing all this with a veteran core, but they're winning these games with the kids. Buchnevich has played really well. Zabinijad is getting back into his stride. It's been Georgiev in goal, not Henrik. So it, I, there's nothing about the performances over the last couple of weeks that I can be extremely mad about. 
I'm only mad I, about I just, the wins. I don't. That's it. I just don't think it. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. It obviously does matter. The New York Rangers are a better hockey team if they get one of Hughes or Kako. So having the odds to get that would be ideal. At the same time, I don't know. It was it was always unrealistic to think the Rangers – the Rangers were always going to need help to get a top three pick. So now all they need is a little bit more help than they would otherwise. It's just – this is the conversation we had at the beginning of the year. Realistically, the New York Rangers were going to finish either – with the seventh worst record or the ninth worst record, somewhere in that little triumvirate right there. That's exactly what's happening. I don't know if it's worth being angry about. I get what you're saying. I get the frustrations. I get wanting to have the better percentages. At the same time, kids are playing really well. That's what fucking matters, I think, at the end of the day. Maybe you're right, but to me, this season was about tanking. Like, I was about, like, we were going to take a year off from competing. I don't think it was about tanking. I think it was about growing. And I think the Rangers have. Certainly we've been, you've done we've, that. We've Restocked that the farm. Went, went from a farm that was probably in the mid-20s to like almost a top-10 farm. Kravtsov has uh, come a long way in the KHL, or a lot of our prospects have come a long way. Got some good trade pieces. Got a first-rounder. One of the only two teams to do that in the trade deadline. So the overall, was sort of a success. But I think picking, and I know it's kind of a crapshoot, and this, this draft is, is done pretty well. And I know the next draft after that, according to Drew Way, is fucking loaded. But to get the ninth pick after a year like this where the Rangers, I thought at points, and I, I know I took shit for this, and this is taboo too, were a pretty good team. I thought they could make a push for the playoffs. Like I, I don't think they would have gone far. I think they would have actually smoked in the first round no matter what, what would happen. But I thought they were pretty solid at some points. And to kind of throw this season away for that, for the, for like the ninth or tenth overall pick, is just disheartening. And I know as a fan... It's like taboo to root for your team to lose. But with these last couple games where my development, I, for me personally, I think is my development. But the, I think the players' development, like, I don't know how much more, more like we can learn about these players in the last three games, like the next four games. I don't think we can learn much of anything. At, at the same time, say, say the Rangers theoretically finished with the fourth worst record in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the lottery, and for whatever reason, the Rangers still end up picking eighth or ninth. Would that be considered a success? Well, they can't. Because the Rangers they put themselves they, in the position. They cannot end up picking eighth or ninth because they only three teams can get pushed to the top three, so they would end up picking seventh. But yes. Fine. Say they pick seventh by finishing fourth. Would you consider that a successful season because, well, at least they put themselves in the position? Yeah. I think you have to position yourself for good outcomes. I think in these situations, you're playing to the position of what's my best outcome? Well, how do I optimize my outcome and getting value out of this? I think that's been the theme with me through everything is how do I optimize my return in this situation? And yeah, but so you're saying you're saying the growth of the players on your roster plus a top 10 pick isn't as important as less growth of your young players on your roster. No, the more growth, top four the pick. more growth is important. And I can't blame. And this is the part that I'll come back to and I'll contradict myself at all at all costs here. Uh you, I cannot blame Georgiev and Kreider and Buchnevich and Zabinajad and all these guys who still have competitive bones in their body and want to prove that they're worth a damn. Like, they don't want to lose. They want to go out there and win. So how am I supposed to say to them, like, hey, could you lose a couple games so I can gain nine percentage points in, in getting a top three pick? They don't give a shit. And they want to play their, they want to play well. And Georgiev is playing for the future of his career because he might not be on this team. But we'll talk about that at some point, too. Do you think the New York Rangers are significantly better next year with 
the third or fourth overall pick than they are the eighth or ninth overall pick? Or is it pretty much the same? I, I want to say I can answer that appropriately, appropriately, right? But I can't. I think from talking to Drew and people that know things that we don't know about prospects, because I just don't know at the end of the day. I don't know. And I think that there's not that big a difference, probably. And the Rangers seem to always go off the board, as is tradition. They have the guys that they scouted that other people haven't, and they'll take their guys earlier. Anyway, I think we said this earlier. I think if Kraftsov was available at four, they would have taken Kraftsov last year. And we would have been like, what the fuck? And we we would have been the same way we are. We're like, wow, that Kraftsov kid is pretty good, huh? And we don't know any better. So I think if the Rangers pick fourth or eighth, maybe it's not that different. But I still want the chance, the, the, the actual percentage points, to get in the top two. Because the top two are, yeah, are franchise-changing. Sure, but at the same time, I still think the most important thing the Rangers did this year was put themselves in a position to know more long-term answers today than they did in October, which they have done. And for the most part, we even like most of the answers. So I, I just can't get upset about where the Rangers position themselves in the draft. It's just... It's not the NFL draft. It's not a draft where the guy you're taking is guaranteed to make an immediate impact on your roster. Yeah. In all likelihood, the guy the Rangers take is two years away. We'll know more about the person the Rangers take, whoever they take, in 2021 than we will in 2019. And the person is more likely to help this team in 2021 than 2019. And I think the Rangers are trying to be competitive in 2019 and 2020. So... Nah, I'm just not going to worry. I guess about the answer, the pick. The answer to that is look, time, at, look at Leah Anderson, right? We don't know. We still don't know what he really is going to be. He hasn't been great sure, look, so far. For every Leah Anderson, there's a Filipino. Yeah, and he just tailed off a little bit too. I mean, he's again, he's fucking exhausted. I don't know what people are really expecting or what. I guess, I guess this is where I'll go in on Larry Brooks because he had that article about the the Rangers that are trending up and the Rangers that. Are trending down. Oh, I actually missed this first article, so fill, fill me in. Fill everyone else in. Too. So, um, the players he said are trending up are the guys you can imagine. I think it was Bruchnevich. Uh, Bruchnevich, who's like Strom. six arrows upwards. Yeah, Bruchnevich, Strom, Zibanejad, Georgiev. It's the, the, the guys you would expect. And the guys trending down, he put Chris Kreider in there, which is unfair to me because Kreider's been playing hurt. Yeah, that's unfair. Um, he put Jimmy VC in there. That's unfair, too. Which, well... It's unfair for really mean reasons. It's what 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 was Jimmy VC trending down from? I think Jimmy VC is just fucking Jimmy VC. He's a bottom six forward that can occasionally score a goal. Were you expecting him to be something else? We've known this about Jimmy VC for the last year plus now. Um, and then he he put the kids in there. He said Howden, Anderson, Heedle are all trending down, which I think is just categorically unfair. It's the first are season really down. I think. No, because Heedle and Howden and Leas have kind of been status quo for the past two months. They haven't trended down. They're beat. not just that, Ryan. They're fucking kids. Yeah, they're beat and they're tired. Well, I feel it's like they're probably the first season this is, they've this ever is, played this long ever. Yeah, it, it's Howden's first season out of juniors. It's Heedle's first full season in North America, and it's Anderson's first full season in North America. I just I feel like people expect rookies to do special things. Where in most cases, with rookies, it's just about surviving. It's very rare for 
there to be a Connor McDavid, a Sidney Crosby, an Alex Ovechkin. Most rookies struggle their rookie year. That's why it's so special when you get an Elias Patterson who looks just unbelievable in his first season in the NHL. That's that's the exception, not the rule. But at the same time, you get one rookie doing it, and I feel like every fan base wants their rookie. It's obviously more exciting, especially when you're bad, for one of your rookies to be just tied to a fucking rocket and dominating. That's just not how sports work. It's, it's super fucking rare to have those kind of players on your team. And this is not just a Ranger thing. We do this in every sport. Oh, Met fans were crushing Ahmed Rosario last year, even though he was 21 years old and still trying to figure it out. Knicks fans have crushed Kevin Knox at different points this season, despite the fact that he's a literal kid. Uh, we, it's universal. Sam Darnold didn't win a pro uh, a Super Bowl last year, so Jet fans for a second were like, "Is he the guy?" Like, guys, they're fucking rookies. As long as I feel like the real objective for any rookie entering the NHL, did you show flashes? Did you survive the season? Did you avoid a massive injury? Has your game improved? With everyone, I'd, I'd say at least the game improved thing is difficult because what I'm not saying like is Leah Sanderson scoring more goals today than he did at the start of the season. That's not necessarily improvement. It's more of is Leah Sanderson more prepared for 2019, 2020 because of everything he's gone through this year? I'd say so. Um, I'd say Howden is the one of the three that we could be most critical of. Because I, the word I used on Twitter. Well, part um, of me thinks, thinks, not to interrupt you, but part of me thinks like that's not yeah. fair either because he's coming back from maybe his first major injury. And I also don't think it's fair because more so than any other rookie in the lineup, for whatever reason, the two guys that David Quinn, I think, did disservices to this year, Brett Howden and Neil Pionk, because they their struggles were pretty apparent. It was both eye tests and numbers saying these guys are punching above their weight class. And for whatever reason, Quinn didn't want to make the – he either didn't want to make the adjustment or he didn't feel like an adjustment was necessary. And it kind of let both those guys drown a little bit. And I, I do think this, – this is one of the funny things where we – I mean, we've talked a lot this year about how – Phil Sims. Some guys – it. it with some guys, it feels like you should just throw ice time at and either let them sink or swim. And I feel like Brett Howden is the clear example of why you should never just throw ice time at a rookie skater because not he sank. There were reports this season where Brett Howden was he's – he's been very good since we last recorded, by the way. He's played a lot better. But earlier this year, before his injury, we were saying, boy, does Howden look overmatched. Boy – Howden sure seems like he's hitting the rookie wall. I would have scratched Howden a couple times. I maybe would have sent him down to the AHL, let him get some games down there where he can dominate and play top-line minutes. This is why development is a bell curve and why nobody enjoys the same path as the player next to him. But to say any of them are downward trend, I don't think anyone is trending downward. Brett Howden still looks like potentially – a middle six center. Filipino still looks like potentially a top six forward. Leas Anderson still looks like a solid NHL piece, probably middle six center. 
is that vastly different than what we thought about them before the season started? No. If anything, this year kind of reaffirmed the beliefs we had in them. So to say that they were trending well, downwards, I, I, I do believe that we was farcical. We we trended upwards on Howden. I think he was better than we expected him to be. If we're being frank, um, about that. out of the gates, yes. The 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 advanced numbers on Howden are unfriendly, and it, again, before his injury. And even when he first came back to the lineup, Howden's game has been concerning is not the right word, but just not spectacular. And again, this isn't me saying that as a rookie, he needs to be spectacular. It's more saying he's been difficult to watch, which I would allow that, but I still wouldn't say his stock is trending downward. He was a 20-year-old playing his first full season in the NHL and doing it for the most part, on a bad team. So, no, I'm not going to worry myself with what Brett Howden did this year. At the same time, if, if these behaviors repeat themselves next year, yeah, let's have that conversation. Then we, then we could really take a hard, long look at the long-term viability of Brett Howden, New York Rangers center. There are, just, there are things Quinn could have done to help him. There are things Howden could have done on the ice to help himself. I just couldn't believe that we would put three rookies all under the age of 21 in the trending downward category. That, that was just insane to me. And that feels wrong. Sorry, Brooks. I, I, I think there's some times where Brooks, and we talked about this earlier. Wow, I've, we're Phil Simsing it so hard. Just call me Really, out. really, really PSing it hard today. Both of us. PS. <laughs> I kind of like that. Um, I don't, we said that we're exhausted. And I think Brooks is probably the same way where he's like, what can I do to get clicks? Oh, this. Now these two idiot podcasters will talk about it and people will read my article. Yep. Mission accomplished. Yeah, you did it. Thanks, Brooks. His, his piece today, I mean, we, we could just stay on the Brooks train too. His piece today was like a lot of words that weren't saying anything. Did you read it about no, I didn't read the Rangers now having a Georgiev Igor I'm kind of, decision to make? If I'm, being, if I'm being straightforward, kind of just a Rick Carpinello guy. But one of my oh. best one of my best friends and uh, wow. most, mostly read his articles, if I'm being frank. Second time I said Fair Frank enough. on this podcast. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I not plugging about... that website though because they're not supporting us. <laughs> we can uh, let we can talk goalie situation now because this is another thing that I've seen Ranger Twitter get frustrated about the most recently, and just thinking of different scenarios this could go. I don't know about you, Ryan. I've long thought that these situations just work themselves out, man. This they always is, do. This is an all gravy baby situation for Ryan Mead. We got a backup goalie who's playing his brains out and could develop into something serious who could either become trade bait or, if Igor struggles, a legit backup goalie. And hey, maybe a, a split starter, which is not too crazy to say or talk about. With uh, We have a five-star question coming up that will address Hedrick Lundqvist, but... It's, is it crazy to say, hey, next year, Hank, you're starting 40, 45 games, 46 games, and Georgiev's going to take the rest? Is that insane? I think it's insane. I also, I, I'm of the mindset where, one, it's not the end of the world if Igor spends a year in the AHL. Get your feet wet in North America. Get yourself comfortable. Two, it's not the end of the world to let Georgiev and Igor just battle it out in camp. Best man standing wins. And three, it's not the end of the world to let some other team think Alexander Georgiev is their long-term answer at goalie. 
Because guess they what? Pay for him. This happened twice already since we started the podcast. Talbot and oh my god, Auntie Ranta. Coyotes, Coyotes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Auntie Ranta have both been taken from the Rangers since this happened. Taken. Not, not not for good taken. price. They were kidnapped. Well, they were kind of kidnapped. The prices weren't great, but yes. Uh, goalie prices are never great in the open market, but some team could come over to thinking like, would you trade Georgia right now for a second round pick? I'd be hard pressed to say you wouldn't. Oh, I probably would. I also, I don't think it's necessarily insulting for Georgia to be the guy that spends time in the AHL next year. He's played really well this year. Don't get me wrong, but look, man, roster manipulation is the thing. Georgia can still go to the AHL without having to go on waivers. It's just about asset management at some point. I, I think it would be difficult to tell Georgiev that that's what's best for his long-term career. Yeah, because it's but wrong. At the same time, you can't. That's just not true. No matter what you say, you can't. Uh, risk, you can't spin that. I mean, he's proved himself he, an he NHL goalie. It. He really has. He's been he very it, good. There's a way you could be like, you can just have Igor and Georgiev play tag for the first half of the year where one guy gets 10 days and the next guy gets 10 days then one guy gets 10 days then the next guy gets 10 days i mean we forget the fact that georgiev has gotten a, a handful of wolfpack starts this year too he has it seems like a very long time ago but it it has happened i i just i feel like people worrying about what the new york rangers are going to do with georgiev and igor next year right now mm-hmm. that that to me is ludicrous considering Everything else the Rangers have to do. Well, we also don't even know if Igor's coming. Like, we've, I've heard through some back channels and read online that, yeah, Igor is going to be here next year. But we don't know if that's true. We, we have no hard evidence saying he's coming over at all. Like, even a little bit. So the fact that we're just arguing about this now makes no sense when we can argue about it in the summer. We have nothing to talk about. Well, we'll have something to talk about. We'll have... George Evan Igor to talk about. Yeah, and we have the Bushnevich extension. And also this next topic. Adam Fox, Gregory. Mm. He is a prospect for the Carolina Hurricanes that we've been tied to a bunch uh, in the past. I think we've mentioned his name mm-hmm. uh, two straight years in this podcast during our trade sessions. He has mm-hmm. told the Carolina Hurricanes that he does not want to sign with them. And uh, some people were reporting that the Rangers could be tied to trading for Adam Fox before he doesn't resign with them or he goes back to Harvard for another year. Do you think the Rangers will make it go at, Har- at Adam Fox? And why wouldn't they? Well, the, the second part is exactly the answer. Why, If Adam Fox wants to sign with the New York Rangers and through back channels, which are either legal or not legal, has made it clear that if the Rangers were to get his rights, he would sign a contract. If you're the New York Rangers, I'm not exactly sure why you wouldn't trade for him. The real question is what would you trade for him? This is, uh, this is the real question. It's something I thought about. Yeah. I think in this situation like this where the player has lowered their value, I think that's totally fair. You know for a fact the value is lower now because you know... While, while you're talking about this, I'm going to I'm gonna look something up for us and keep going. Sure. I was going to keep going anyway. So okay. I, I think you could find plenty of examples of this in sports where, like, for example, Carlo Mel- Carmelo Anthony was like, I'm leaving. Well, the Denver still got a good package, but the Knicks probably could have played more hardball on that. But that's, hey, that's the Knicks. And there, uh, there are other examples where you could say, hey, this player said they were going to leave, and other teams come and say, well, he's going to leave, man. I, I have the leverage on you in this situation. 
So for me, personally, for Adam Fox, I think, and this maybe is a low ball, but I think if I'm Carolina, I'd rather take this rather than nothing, maybe a third and a fourth. And maybe that's too much. It's so weird with hockey trades. Do you think a third and a fourth is too much, Greg, or are you still looking stuff up? Uh, I'm ready to go. There, there's, a, there's a gentleman who we've talked about on this podcast before mm-hmm. who was a Hobie Baker Award winner who happened to apply his trade at Harvard when he was a young man. Mm-hmm. And on June 20th, 2016, he was traded by the Nashville Predators, the Buffalo Sabres, for a third-round pick in that year's draft. That's Jimmy VC. Yes, I'm aware. So there's pre- there's precedence to trading a college prospect on the verge of free agency for a third-round pick. At the same time, you don't have to go back too far to remember the Rangers traded simply traded the negotiating rights to Keith Yandel for a sixth-round pick. Just gave the gave him the floor to being like, look, we cannot or won't or don't want to sign this guy to a long-term extension. If you guys want to talk to him before July 1st, throw us a late-round draft pick, have at it. So I, I think it's totally fair. Anywhere in that third to sixth-round draft pick range. So the do, do, you think a, be like, do you think both a third and a fourth, like both, is too much? I don't think it's too much. I just think I, you want to get just, that deal done. Like, here you go. Yeah, so it, right, it's 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 kind of a mindset in where you think the Rangers are. If you're the Rangers, do you want to do you want to practice good faith and offer market value for Adam Fox and say you're not signing him? You can let him if let me put it this way: if the New York Rangers do not trade for Adam Fox in the next couple weeks here, I don't see any reason for the New York Rangers to trade for Adam Fox. Because just right? wait. If just he goes wait. back to Harvard, just wait. You're good. There's no hurry. Yeah, because then when, the he was only, a, when he's a free agent, you could be like, hey, hey, we've done this dance before. Right, you just sign him. You just sign him. And you also have a better idea as to what your defense is going to look like long-term at mm-hmm. that point. You do. So you make that if, – if the, if the Hurricanes don't want to trade Adam Fox right now near the New York Rangers, then fucking wait. I want to trade for him uh, – I'd say once we get past September – we're not having this conversation anymore, right? Once once Fox is back at school, or Fox says in the next couple of weeks that he's going back, doesn't matter if he's traded or not, he's sticking in school for one more year, doesn't matter. We're not, it, it's done. But yeah, if you're the Rangers and a third round pick does it, especially considering the Rangers have, again, they have two first round picks at least. They have three second round picks at least. They have their third round pick. They have the Blue Jackets' fourth round pick. They have a shitload of draft. I'd picks call Carolina draft. right now, and they probably say no. But I'm like, hey, the third round pick and the fourth round pick from the Blue Jackets right now, Adam Fox. Let's go. Let's just get it done. It's not that hard. No, and I'm just trying to think. If you're the New York Rangers, would you offer a second? I'm trying to think of which conditional. Okay, this is a this is a fun exercise because okay. I've tweeted about this a couple times. I like fun exercises. Which which second round pick to you is less valuable? Which conditional second is less valuable? The stars or the lightning? Oof. That's tough. I think this it's probably the lightning, right? Even though the lightning pick is more likely to become gonna, the first. I was gonna say stars. 
It was good but, to say SARS. Yeah. I, this is tough. This is a real tough one. Well, yeah, because because here's the thing, right? There's it is more likely that both the stars don't make the Western Conference Finals and the Lightning don't win the Stanley Cup than it is likely for both those things to actually happen. Right. So if the stars don't make the Western Conference Finals, that's actually a pretty decent second round pick, probably in that like 22 range. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. Whereas the Lightning, the absolute best case scenario, if they don't win the Stanley Cup, that pick is around... Yeah, it's pretty deep. 28, 27? Yeah. Like, if, if both those picks end up just being second-round picks, the Stars pick is going to be before the Lightning pick. Well, in mo- in most would you, would you offer the, the Lightning pick right now for Adam Fox? I don't think so. Well, it's too much, right? It's too much. But I'm just saying, if you're the New York Rangers and you just want to get it done, which pick would you offer? I'd probably offer the Lightning pick. I think you've convinced me on the Lightning. I, my gut reaction was Dallas, though, like right away. Yeah, I just, I just think you have to look at it from a worst-case scenario. And the worst-case scenario is the, the Lightning don't win the Stanley Cup, the Stars don't make the Western Conference Finals. Then the Stars pick is definitely going to be before the Lightning pick. I, this exercise is kind of moot, right? Because, again, if you're the New York Rangers, there's no reason to give up anything more than the third-round pick. I just wanted to go through that scenario and see where you wanted to land. I think but, yeah, I think it's like you said, that. third and fourth. And if I'm the Hurricanes, why wouldn't I do it if I'm the Hurricanes? I don't think – I'm not sure another team's going to give you a better offer. I'm not sure we'll do the offer in general. I think it's all hypothetical, and it is. Uh, it just – I just can't imagine them being like, well, no. The guy already said you're not resigning. You're getting a third and a fourth for a guy that you're you're losing. That third round pick could be valuable. We've seen a bunch of third round picks turn into real players. So it's a hypothetical, but you're getting well, Pavel, Buch- Pavel Buchnevich, third round pick, Joey Keane, third round pick. But Pavel, happen. Pavel it has really caused an issue for the Rangers for an office this last like thirty games. If 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 there was any reason to play the last thirty games, it has been because of Pavel Buchnevich, and he has really changed his contract outlook. I think he's he's earned himself some dollars that maybe the Rangers weren't excited excited or ready to pay Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, and I don't want to say like they were benching him earlier in the season to keep his number down when they tried to extend him because I think that's frivolous and ridiculous and probably untrue. But I'm sure some people have gone out there on record and said that. But now that he's been fully quote unquote unleashed and his extension is coming up. Uh, I would say he earned himself a cool half mil at least in these past 30 games. I don't know if you agree with me or not. Um, I do. First and foremost, we both agree. There's just zero scenario where the New York Rangers can bridge Pavel Buchnevich. Right? You cannot. We're going to talk about this so, so much this summer. You cannot bridge Pavel. Like, right, because he's three years away from unrestricted free agency. If you so there's zero scenario him, where the Rangers give him two-year deal. I will throw up. Like, do not bridge him. He is clearly very good. Has a lot of potential. Still, it, it would have has just scored his hundredth point. Scored his first twenty goal season. Is still on the up and up. Is still young. Obviously, has a ton of chemistry with with Kreider and Zabinajad, who are gonna be here for the next two years. He has done very well under Quinn, and you can see Quinn talking to him constantly and having open communication, not like Av. And if you bridge him and have him at two years, he will definitely leave. And that's a guy you want on your team for five, like at least. So I think you need to sign him to a long-term extension 
and get him at a good price now before his price is even higher. Because next year, Bucevic could easily be a 30-goal scorer. Easily. And that price will be a much higher price tag. He's on pace for it this year. He's obviously not going to get to it this year, but I feel like people forget that he missed, what was it, five weeks? Yeah. With, uh, with an injury? Also buried on the fourth line. And third, a lot. He played with Cody McLeod a ton this season. He really did. Um, yeah, that's miserable. What, what number do you have in your head on a five- or six-year deal for Buchnevich? What do, you, what do you think? So I wonder how close we are. I wonder how close we are, too. I think I'm higher, maybe. Are you over five? I'm not. Neither am I. Okay. Are you over four and a half? I am four and a half. I think I'm right at four and a half as well. I think if you can get Buchnevich, and there's the Rangers have some precedent. Oh, God, second time I'm using that word, so I'm not going to say it. The Rangers have a track record of giving guys in Pavel Buchnevich's situation hmm. on, somewhere around that number. Yeah. Well, they, well they, no, Zibanejad, they went higher, but Zibanejad was close to the free agency. The guy I'm thinking of is that number is right around where Chris Kreider comes in at. Yep. In his um, first big contract that he's still playing on, which makes him ridiculously valuable right now. I, even with this outburst, the produ- production he's been having, I don't think Buchnevich would get over five. If you can get him for five years at four and a half, though, I think you do it. I, not just do I think you do it. You, you have, have to. Do. You have to. If if Bushnevich says all things considered, if he like agrees, salary cap going up. He also has to agree for that. So if he agrees, because the guy he could risk it and be like, "Hey, listen, I'm a better player than that. I'm going to play for my contract." Which more right. power, which is more power which to is the guy. I totally understand. One hundred percent. And I would rather sign Bushnevich to a just signed his restricted free agency tender mm-hmm. than give him a two year deal. Like if if Butch wants to basically play the arbitration game like Truba has done with the Jets, I'd almost let him. I just, because no matter what happens, the third year gets really expensive for Buchnevich probably. So why even lock in a two-year rate and just play the one-year-at-a-time game if that's what he wants to do? Yeah, I think so. It's good. That's going to be our topic in the summer. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Four and a half feels like a not just a fair number, but a realistic number. And I'm looking at five or six years. Get him to his age 28, 29 season in free agency. That's exactly where I want to be. And I think Booch is a, is a it, I know what the internet is Booch fanboys. We just made a sticker with Booch's face on it where you can get right now at patreon.com slash Booch's Breakaway Natural Plug. Uh, and uh, he's obviously been a, a big part of this. Hey, the next wave of Rangers is Booch Nevich. I want him here. And I'm just going to be a baby about it. Let's go to our five-star question of the week, sponsored by our Patreon again. Uh, amazing podcast, says Baconator369. Ooh. It, Ooh, I like all those things. Isn't it possible to say 369 and then not say, damn, she's fine in your head? I can't do I was at a wedding this weekend, and Get Low came on. And uh, you also just, you can't help but point at a window. It's Immediate. Then, You're like, where the fuck? And then tell at? people sitting around you to uh, lick sweat off your balls. It's <laughs> yeah. just how it goes. Pretty inappropriate. But uh, <laughs> Wilson, we can't play. We it's can't, in we, the song, Ryan. The thing is, we've lost a lot of music. We can't play Michael Jackson anymore. We can't play Ignition. Oh God. I'm happy you brought up my. I 
I've been watching my cat. My, my cat is here, by the way, making an introduction on this podcast. Just a total fuck your cat. Total asshole this week. Totally ripped apart my uh, Christmas lights that I hang in my room, and also totally mm. ripped apart my mic. Uh, wire so i had to go to one best buy right before this podcast to get one so he heard me talking nice and defending cats and guess what i take it back there you go yep so i might have been onto something yeah but i've been watching leaving neverland dude and uh i don't want to watch it really (laughs) it's a big league yikes let me let me just put it that way big league yikes it's pretty bad right it's 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 a hard one not did not mean it that way it's a tough (laughs) one to get (laughs) yeah okay i see that um, let's go to his five-star yeah, question from Baconator369. Damn, she fine. Damn uh, uh, definitely not related to Neverland. Five-star question. How much longer mm. do you think that Lundquist will last? Hmm? And when will he retire? We see goalies, or you have seen goalies like Brodeur, who played until they were 41 at a very high level. Now, not the same high level, but still played at a high level. Now, Brodeur is a fraud, and Lund- Lundquist is actually a Hall of Fame goalie. So... I would believe that we'd see Lundqvist play until he's 37 now. I believe we'd have, like, four more years. I think the Rangers sign him to one-year contracts after he's done to be a backup goalie, if I'm being perfectly frank. I think he has two years left after this. Am I correct? should know this. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I just don't think he will be done until he's 41. He's talked about briefly on other podcasts. He went on Spit and Chicklets and said uh, they asked him the same question. He was like, oh, I don't know. I love playing the game. You know, it's hard. He's just a cool, cool guy. And uh, definitely was was saying that he'd like to play as long as he'd like, and he really enjoys being a lifelong Ranger. I don't think we will see Hank retire for another two, three years. His last game with the Rangers might come in two years, which if the Rangers block block him out and say, hey, Hank, we don't want you back, I would not blame Henrik Lundqvist for going to another team one bit. I'm not sure he would, but I would not blame him. Uh, and that would be an interesting storyline when that, when or if that time comes. I will say that when Hank's last game is at MSG, Ticket prices will be over $2,000, and that is a guarantee. Yeah, he's definitely a Ranger until his contract is up. So that guarantees at least two more years. I'm not so certain the New York Rangers, a team obsessed with their own history, that of all the New York sports teams, probably the only team more obsessed with their own history are the New York Yankees. Um. I, would, I don't know if the Rangers would let him. The Giants, maybe? No. Yeah, probably not. They don't want to talk about just, They're just obsessed with Eli Manning. I don't think they're obsessed with Two more history. years. Two more years. Okay, keep going. Uh, who, who leaves New York first, Henrik Lundqvist or Eli Manning? Oh, oh Eli's here forever. He's going to be a coach. Like, I <laughs> Look at that guy. He, he invites fire to all his players. Okay, keep going. Yeah, I just – I feel like if, if Hank gets to the end of this contract, I don't think the New York – I think it still bothers some people in the – not necessarily the front office, but, like, in Rangers management. It bothers them what what happened with Brian Leach. Uh, I don't think they'd be able to stomach seeing Henrik Lundqvist wear another uniform. Of course, if it helped the Rangers get better right now – AKA, if the Rangers were able to trade him, that's a different story. I think they would. But if the Rangers. I don't think anyone if, will if ever get, come out and say that, by the way, but I think they would trade Henrik if they had the chance. I do. I agree. I just think if, if Hank gets to the end of that contract, I have a hard time saying or believing that 
Hank would be like, hey, guys, I have this offer from – first of all, I don't see another team offering him multiple years. So then I don't see Hank saying, guys, I have this one-year offer. Can you at least match it? And the Rangers not matching it. They have to match it. They have no choice. But Hank might legit retire at, like, 39. That might be the end for Hank, where he goes, I'm old now. At 39, I've played a great career. I love the Rangers. I can go be a model and work on my clothes and play guitar and be fucking awesome everywhere I go, no matter what I do, and just be genuinely handsome to the day I die. Um, so I think he'd be fine, but I know he's a hardcore competitor and is an absolute psycho when it comes to playing goalie. So I, I have a hard time believing after the after his 39 season, he wouldn't be like, I want one more year. I think he goes one more after that. Yeah, but I also we also know that Hank isn't necessarily desperate to get his name on the Stanley Cup. It's clearly something he still wants to do, but it does feel like it's something he wants to do on his terms. So I just, I don't know. Oh, the Rangers aren't winning. So there goes my prediction. Hooray. I'm I said, wrong. I said 3-1. I, I said 3-1. <laughs> um, at least two years with Hank. I'd be surprised if the number was less than three years. At the same time, I'd be surprised if the number was more than four years. Who do you think scored for the Devils? It was Miles Wood, baby. Yeah, it was. Okay, cool. Um, what, you, you don't think I get updates on my phone? No, I just didn't think you could. I don't know who that was. I was like, who the hell is that? Um, Miles, you don't know who Miles Wood is? Yeah, why don't I know? Should Miles I, Wood is a name you should know. Should I know Miles yes. Wood? Hmm. Okay. Miles Wood, yes, you should know Miles Wood. All right, well, now I do. Now I know Miles Wood. Uh, yeah, Henrik Lucas will have one you know who else? You know who else you know? I think, I'm pretty sure. You, aren't you a Caleb Smith guy? Uh, I do like Caleb Smith, yes. Yeah, just struck out the side to start the Met game. Yeah, I started him today. Huge Caleb Smith guy. Very excited. Yeah. Um, yeah you got the three strikeouts. There you speaking go. of baseball, and I think this is probably mm. a good time. As you may have noticed, we did not have a guest today, but we provided you with 47 minutes of hardcore Ranger analysis on the last week of hockey. Mm. And for mm. the next 13 minutes, Greg and I are going to talk about baseball, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> baseball. So... Uh, Greg, let's talk about a couple topics I want to run down. Baseball only. Sure. If you are leaving yeah. now because you like, like the Rangers section and you don't want to hear me and Greg talk about anything else, please join us on April 13th at the Gin Mill in New York City, Manhattan, at a 3 p.m. start for a Q&A session with us and the Knicks wall. We will be doing an end-of-season wrap-up. Honestly, it's looking like it's going to be like a cool hangout meeting where we get drunk together. So if you want tickets, they're available on our Eventbrite which can be found on the top of our Twitter, which is at Blue Shirts Break. If you follow us on Twitter, it's the pinned tweet. You can go there, buy a ticket. It is $10. We appreciate your support. We cannot wait to see you there. Follow me on Twitter at Orion Meat. Baseball. Gregory. The mm. Mets mm. have a player named They're good. Pete Alonzo. And yeah. not Peter, Pete, which is weird Pete. for me. Pistol Pete. Yeah, Pistol Pete. Uh... You guys are off to a hot start. You ranked, I believe, fourth today in the Jonah Carey rankings on a website I will not name. And It's unbelievable that that website also has Jonah Carey. Uh, yes, it is unbelievable. And I have to be honest, this is the first time I've felt good about the Metropolitans going into a baseball season. I'm going to give you a couple minutes because I want to talk about some other storylines too. Okay. Um, I think the most important takeaways from this opening series is they beat Scherzer. They beat Strasburg. Scherzer was a monster. And uh, um, unbelievable. DeGrom was better, though. The, 
I'll get to Degrom. Let me let me finish this point. Go for it. So they beat Scherzer, they beat Strasburg, and they won a game against Strasburg where Noah Syndergaard was far from perfect. And I think that is what's different about or potentially different about this year's Mets team, where their lineup is finally good enough where the starting pitchers don't have to be perfect. Sorry, I had to turn on the light, so I ran away. It's getting dark in here. I'm back. Yes, that's true. Unbelievable. Unbelievable podcasting, really professional. The that, that is very true where they do not. And also on top of that, they have a legit bullpen for like the first time. I can't remember the last yeah, time. Yeah, people were this complaining. People were complaining yesterday that Mickey Callaway allowed uh, Justin Wilson to throw a second inning. Really doesn't bother me. First of all, relievers need to be able to do that. And second, I, it's the third game of the year. I just don't care if Justin Wilson gets beat by Trey Turner after already throwing 20 pitches. It was his like 21st pitch. It's not like he was being asked to throw 40 pitches or so. I, I was I was fine with it. Um, but back quickly to DeGrom. DeGrom on opening day goes six innings, no runs, one walk, 10 strikeouts. And he didn't even have his secondary pitches until about the third or fourth inning. He's disgusting. He's unbelievable. Also, by the way, since we've last podcasted, I met for the next five years. Did that happen after our, our last 10-minute extra? Yeah, because our, our fucking overtime breakaway uh, last week was me being like, ah, do we even need to extend them? <laughs> I, I don't. We're so, we've been so good at calling things recently. We're like, this is probably going to happen. Like Tomorrow, Avengers and game tickets are going to go on sale. Like It's a guarantee. Like yep. as, as soon as it comes yep. out. I'm going to be so pissed. Absolutely. Uh, so the Mets are off to a hot start. I don't want to overreact, but we're, that's what we're here to do is to overreact. They just have a different feel this year. And I really like the way Mickey Calloway has talked about the team. He seems very confident in what's happened. And you guys have depth. It's a nice team. Yeah, it, I know. And speaking of depth, it, I cannot be the only one who thinks the Mets and Yankees are living in some weird Freaky Friday storyline right now, right? It is. This has been your, uh, your theme, rather, these last two days. I have in front of me a tweet from Coley Harvey. He's a checkmark person on Twitter. It says, April has Ooh, arrived. checkmark person. Yep, checkmark person. One day, Blizzard's break will get a checkmark. Uh, April has mm. arrived. Here's an updated Yankees IL tally to go with it. Side note, the IL has to go. I, I know we can't call it DL. I get it. IL is not good enough. We got to figure something else out. Jacoby Ellsbury, Jordan Montgomery, Didi Gregorius, Luis Severino. Ben Heller, Dylan Batantis, CeCe Sabathia, Aaron Hicks, Giancarlo Stanton, and Miguel Andujar. Are you kidding me? That is unbelievable. It's just unreal. That, that is, is – and all of that while also losing two of three to a baseball team, you and I said probably shouldn't win 45 games. A quad A team. Quad A. I don't know if you saw the uh, in the Jonah Carey article on a website I won't name. He talked about how the uh, advanced stats, if they took the lineup they had from opening day and projected that with mediocre starting pitching, which they do not have, they were projected to have 55 wins, like the lowest in history for a projected startup lineup ever. Um, so, And they beat, they took two out of three from the Yanks. So great job, who were projected to win the most games this year. This is already the season from hell for the Yankees, and it's April 1st. It's just so many injuries, and it's... They're, they'll be fine on the infield, right? Because that's why they have DJ LeMayhew. Yeah, well, DJ's going to be at the same time, it everywhere else now. At the same time, this is 
it was always asinine for the Yankees to put this much on Troy Tulowitzki's shoulders. Here we are. It was even here we, here we are. are, and it's not even the fourth game of the year. No, Tulowitzki has to start every day now. Yeah, and and Tulo you don't have a choice. Their whole plan with Tulo was like, hey, we're gonna start him every two or three games. He's gonna be a bench player for us. And now He'll do it. He has to play every day. Yeah, it's gonna be him and DJ. The Rockies, you say? <laughs> From two, three years ago? Very strange. Uh, and uh, now, now they're going to start Greg Bird and Voigt together. So that's also going to be weird, too. A lot going on. Yeah, Clint and Frazier the, got called up, too. Well, good for Clint. I'm actually excited for Clint Frazier. Um, that guy's battled head injuries, and we all know how you and I feel about head injuries. Yeah, they're terrible. Uh, at the same time, not just – these injuries, plus the fact that it doesn't look like a single young player will ever get back to free agency. Oh, ever. plus I wanted the, to say that for the a Yankees, ten minute extra, by the way. The, the uh, we'll, we'll get more into it because that's not the point I'm trying to make right okay. now. But you, you get that, plus the fact that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado were just sitting right fucking there, plus the fact that it's clear now that the Yankees did not have depth at the positions they thought they'd have depth at. It's, I, I, I will never understand. I understand why the Mets didn't do it because they're cheap as shit. I will never understand why the New York Yankees didn't make it a priority to sign one of those guys. I understand why they didn't do Harper. They were out on Harper from the beginning. I thought he'd be amazing. Fine. I thought he'd be amazing in pinstripes. He'd be a marketing machine. It would be great. But, he, his 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 hitting style is tailor made for that ballpark. Too. Agree, and I think they were worried he'd have to go to first base eventually. I don't know why. Whatever. He's who cares? Worry about that in five cares. years. But the Manny Machado, the Yankees not signing Manny Machado so they could have more money for Nolan Arenado, or so they said at the time, is absolutely asinine and unbelievable and unacceptable. You were saving money and, for for Judge's extension, which is going to come soon, and Judge will get paid because he's the face of that franchise and he's a very good player. And he's going to have to Judge is going to now be called on to carry this team, which I think he can do, but it's going to be very tough. And not to not get Machado to pair Machado, Stanton, and Judge together for the next five to seven years is an absolute crime to not do that. Yeah, and to just to further the point. At some point, the Yankees, stunning how they haven't already realized this, but Miguel Andujar is just not a third baseman. So, yet you don't have one long-term. I guess you can say you got Glaber. Oh, boy, the Mets are losing. I don't like that. Um, I just don't I, – I will never, ever understand – what the New York Yankees were thinking this offseason. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it is very confusing. I do want to go a little bit around the horn real quick for uh, for baseball before we end. Uh, the San Diego Padres, speaking of Manny Machado, are, are good. Uh, their pitching pretty much gave up no runs against the Giants, who are a lowly team. Chris Paddock, my boyfriend, made his premiere this week uh, to a tune of five innings and let up one home run, or one run rather. That team actually looks dangerous for the first time in forever, and it's fun. It's really cool to see Petco rocking, which is something I don't think I've ever said. Ever. Uh, that team will go as far as their lineup will allow them, though. That's still what it comes down to. They Because what, what pitching they have here now is only going to get better when guys like 
I mean, Logan Allen's coming up this year. Yeah, Gore will You're be probably up. another year away from Mackenzie Gore, yep. another year away from Adrian Morehan. So it's – the pitching's going to get better, which is hard to believe. I, I, I still just have some fears about just how good that lineup can be. The, I love my, my boy, Fernando Tatis, Joe. I know you Let do. Let me tell you. I know you do. Um, I miss him dearly. The – a team that I don't care about at all, the Tampa Bay Rays – uh, beat the Houston Astros three to one. Very interesting. Very nice interesting. Think. They're the top team in the AL East right now. They didn't use the opener strategy. They have legit bullpen. Torino's tossed seven innings, and they have the, def- the, the Yankees. One of the games the Yankees lost to the Orioles was the second game of the year, and it was a fucking bullpen game. I know Michael Givens pitched like three innings. It was like unbelievable. It, it, it blows my. The, first of all. The Yankees lost two of three to the Baltimore Orioles. That cannot be said enough. Second of all, it's the it's the second game of the year, and the Orioles felt the need to use a bullpen game. Yeah, it was game two. The second game of the year. Like our our one starter is tired. <laughs> we no, we threw Dylan Bundy already. We have nothing else. Oh, they didn't even God. throw Bundy, dude. They let Cashman start opening day. Oh yeah, and Bundy threw game three. Unbelievable. Unre- bullpen day. Unreal. Just total bullshit. Uh, the Astros, I'm sure, will come back. And the Red Sox, also starting off a little rocky, uh, despite J.D. Martinez literally creaming the ball. Unbelievable job. Uh, this baseball season has already started out to a good way. It's been very fun. I, I will, I, I'm interested in to see where, where we go this summer. I think this will be very fun for the NL. I think the Milwaukee Cardinals series was incredible. I watched a couple of those games very quickly. Uh, we're actually tuned into some of them. And the NL is just going to be a total bloodbath, and the AL is pretty much all, all Already decided, and the Rays probably will be the wild card. So that, that's fine. Um, it makes way too much sense for the Brewers to sign Craig Kimball, right? It does. It makes way too much sense. And they're going to wait till May 1st. Probably. Absolutely. They don't want to lose the pick. And I don't blame them. Uh, I thought the pick, you have to wait until June. I thought it's May. I think it's after the, after the draft. I'll double check, but I think it's May. Draft's in June, buddy. I think that the date is May 1st. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. I don't think so. Well, maybe I think, I'm pretty sure it's in June. Cool. This is good podcasting, though. Great stuff. Anyway, uh, we're going to get out of here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming to a guest list, Bullshit Breakaway, where I think Greg and I did a great job. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, and, we're the best. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. You know, not better than other Rangers podcasts thrown out there. Follow us on Twitter at Bullshit Break, at me at O'Ryan Mead, where I don't tweet. And we'll be back next week with another iteration of Bullshit Breakaway because we don't ever take a Monday off. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.